0: Podcast presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all around the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2018, presented by Oculus from Seattle, Washington. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Robert Spiewak. I'm sitting down with the filmmakers of Cupid's Paradise, a film that played in our happy hour short screen this year at 2018. How's it going? Would you all introduce yourselves?
1: Hi, my name is Ivy Liao. I'm the writer director of Cupid's
0: Paradise. Yeah.
2: Hi, my name is Samuel Rubin, and I am one of three producers of Cooper's Paradise.
0: Wow, right on. Um, So do you want to give um, the folks listening just kind of like a quick um, synopsis rundown of the film and just tell us a, start with telling us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, so Cupid's Paradise is a dystopian film set in a futuristic world where everyone is rated based on superficial factors such as looks and race and the main character, Jen, has a hundred dates to find a match before she becomes Cupid's slave.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um, something that was, I mean, I think that that Um, The idea alone, um, I think, is really prevalent right now. Where you know we're, um, I don't know. It seems like every interaction that we're having um, with just other people Mm -hmm. is kind of based on you know how can we how can I turn this into likes on Instagram or something like that. You know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And so what was um, what was your um, like inspiration? Where did the idea for this come from?
1: Yeah, I was definitely inspired by Black Mirror, The Lobster. But obviously a lot of mine- millennial apps like mm-hmm. Tinder, Bumble, Coffee Meets Bagel, <laughs> Grinder. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And the
2: other day I was thinking of okay, Cupid. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay Cupid. Which I, yeah. I did not because that's an old one I think. Mm-hmm. But it's almost
0: a little bit too like the the name of the film is funny. Yeah, yes.
2: Was,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and so I guess um, just as the as the writer and the director, like what were you what were you trying to highlight like the most? like what or mm-hmm. what what um, like I don't want to say yet what what I you know, pulled out of the film, but what what are you hoping that people take away? like what's your intention with, you know, this kind of statement about where we're at with technology? Yeah,
1: I was definitely trying to make a statement about digital first impressions and um, our current standards of beauty. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a big takeaway to be, to stop focusing on the numbers, the superficial aspects of meeting people, and focus more on genuine interactions. Sure.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that this is a, it's definitely a topic that is very prevalent among young people because mm-hmm. we are not, uh, we are not um, told that there is another way to date. Almost. I mean nowadays, if you go to a bar, uh, it's it's kind of hard to imagine. It, it, you, you have to live it very much to the destiny, mm-hmm. that you will walk into the bar and someone will approach you and yeah, you yeah. will start a conversation. Comm- it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to work like that anymore, yeah. no? Especially because you think oh, that person might be, you know, committed to someone else, that person might not be looking, that person might not be attracted to my gender. Mm-hmm. There's so many factors now that you have to take into mm-hmm. consideration that you just leave it to an algorithm to say, this, that's how far I'm willing to go for my girlfriend or my yeah, boyfriend. Yeah. That's how, <laughs> that's the type of, you know, weight, height uh, I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's it's almost shocking because, I mean, I, I met my boyfriend three years ago on Tinder and I was extremely lucky that my ever-finders, my ever-first Tinder date was the one that, you know, worked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's crazy how... Um, such as a casting, you know, as a rotation system, mm-hmm. it works and how you are willing to say, oh, well, that doesn't matter and then even forget about it, you know. Yeah. And it does become uh, superficial and it does affect the way that we as humans uh, relate to each other mm-hmm. and love each other. Uh, mm-hmm. We we see ourselves a little bit more disposable in some instances.
0: Wow, yeah. I mean, I think I think that um, it's something that I think really speaks to... to um, this young, this generation that's like I think at least 35 and younger. I think people mm-hmm. that are older than that like, kind of don't. I think that um, internet dating mm-hmm. in general, which I don't think like app dating doesn't read internet yeah. dating to, to us or to me. Well, I think that that's I mean, not thing, necessarily isn't? though, not necessarily mm-hmm. though. Like, you know, my, I, I think my parents,
2: for example, who are older than 35, they met, you know, in, in match when they have, oh, really? you know, match, and I think mm-hmm. that there is a lot of people out there, especially in a way too, because older people see young people doing it that way, yeah. they they know at this point in 2018 that everything goes through the internet, and it, it's interesting to see as well the generational divide, how young people can mm-hmm. do it in a way that is very, you know, natural to them. Whereas maybe someone that has not grown up with the same technology yeah. looks at it with incomprehension and almost like sadness and oh, does no one wants me? Because that. Feeling rejection, constant rejection, depending mm-hmm. what type of ad <laughs> app you are using, does pushes you to think, am I not worth it. Mm-hmm. Does no one wants me? Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- what what do I have to change to increase you know my success on a dating app? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that does affect a lot the psychology of a lot of people, and I think. That's precisely the dilemma that Jen, the main character in the film, goes to. Do I need to do that to increase my score? Do I need to, uh, you know, have better boobs, have a better hair? Leaving behind everything that is about her character, her persona, her values, and, you know, what she wants
0: to accomplish with herself, not with her looks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Something that I think is um, really interesting in that regard, too, is that um, the main character is female. And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I think it makes sense that you wrote it, that Mm -hmm. you would make a female main character. But um, I think that um, kind of with um, just the representation issues that the industry is going through right now, Mm -hmm. be it Time's Up or Me Too or whatever, like, Mm -hmm. um, can you speak on that a little bit? And just, um, like, because we see this female main character go through all these all these this this ebb and flow of getting her point score up and mm-hmm. then it dropping and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. So did you have any thoughts on on that? Yeah,
1: yeah. Um She's definitely, at first, a slave to the system. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like she really wants to please the system, get her rating up higher, and I think in the end she learned to kind of break free of those constraints. That's Mm -hmm. why she like threw the wig and kind of just like freed herself in a way. And I feel like that kind of speaks to where we're at right now. I feel like women do have the power to break into the industry, to create something, and to really Make a mark Mm -hmm. um, in entertainment. Uh, I feel like we do need more female writers, female directors, and I think that's what's important right now. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, And I think that, um, like, there are a few, um, it's interesting to look at the parallels of the narrative of Cupid's Paradise Mm -hmm. to, like, the way that um, things kind of play out um, when someone, um, you know, comes out with. Um, you know, speaking of their own past traumas, um, in, in the way the media kind of like does the whole same thing. Because in the film, we see mm-hmm. um, the one uh, the one person who who's like rating drops below that, and the robots drag them out really, mm-hmm. really like really <laughs> dramatically. And yeah. so, like, was that was their intention there for like being like like we've seen um, like bad like examples made, and that was that the main Jen, the main character. Um, yeah, she sees that. And yeah, so was yeah. that am I am I reading too far oh, into no, it? Or, no, no, okay. no.
1: No, definitely that's a consequence of failing—that's a consequence mm-hmm. of losing the system and not, you know, getting matched. And uh, I definitely took a lot of inspiration from like *The Lobster* and like yeah. other dystopian films. I wanted to like put my own twist on like yeah. what but, happens but when you But it was fail. very funny because
2: the, the film was actually written uh, in early two thousand seventeen. Mm-hmm. Shot. Uh, in December uh, 2017, oh. and then in 2018, the new season from Black Mirror yes. came out and hey, they the had DJ. the kind of DJ mm-hmm. episode,
0: yeah, which yeah. is
2: a, a little bit similar because, obviously, as we are talking, this is a topic that is very prevalent in mm-hmm. society and it will continue to be discussed. And um, it was very, very exciting to see <laughs> that we had written, uh, that Ivy Something had written very uh, similar. A, 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 a very similar uh, script <laughs> But before uh can uh, <laughs> this uh, but I, yeah, I think that there is clearly a, a common denominator in mm-hmm. all of those futuristic shows. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in just speaking about your work generally, not necessarily just *Keep Paradise*. Like, what do you find are um, some just like big influences? They don't have to be like a specific movie or anything, but just mm-hmm. like what influences you creatively?
1: Yeah. I definitely take a lot of um, experiences from my own life. Oh, I okay. feel like, but I also like playing a twist on it and giving it like a breath of fantasy or sci-fi. I'm really into like genre films, mm-hmm. so big inspirations would be like Tim Burton, okay. Michael Bay, Spike Jones, and all all the great.
0: Tours. Yeah, and then what about you Samuel too because I
2: don't think we talked about this No, no, no we didn't. I was born and raised in uh, Barcelona and I think that, you know, as I grow up and travel around the world I realized that my Catalan identity and my Spanish identity as well uh, does make me approach life very freely and openly uh, mm. and, and i'm very proud of that i love uh, social impact uh, films and pulling out a message out of you know any content just making people uh, engage inform and realize something that they didn't know mm-hmm. and that's why documentary genre really calls my attention but also narrative films like cupid's paradise mm-hmm. or a Act put in the in the festival that they uh, touch on topics that are relevant that are important to explore mm-hmm. um, and I, I i will say that influences of my own Right now in television, uh, there is one film that I always recommend people because it's open. It's in YouTube. It's called uh, Human by Jan Ruth Bertrand, mm-hmm. which is such a beautiful and touching documentary. But then also, uh, I'm a big fan of television, House of Cards, mm-hmm. The Good Fight, uh, The Handmaid Tale. Yeah, I'm amazed yeah. at how we can now create those walls that feel so real and so approachable to us mm-hmm. just because you can binge watch it and live in that TV show for five hours straight Yeah, you know, yeah. And yeah. about anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, if there was, um, since since Cupid's Paradise is kind of this dystopian, if what would be if you had to live in a dystopian world, which one, like, they're, they're all bad, <laughs> but which one, if you had to live in one, would you live in?
1: Like of existence.
0: Like other worlds? Sure, like? sure. Yeah, yeah. Something that you've seen hmm. before. That <laughs> well, I will. I mean, I
2: don't know if that counts. But I, uh, I was a big fan of Lost. Okay. And mm-hmm. I always felt like I wanted to visit that island myself. With that island, it might not be dystopian, but it does has some super magical powers yeah. um, that are quite <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, because I mean. All this super, super high technology uh, dystopian world, they kind of make me sad. You
1: know, I mean that's it. yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the point. I wouldn't want to live in a dystopian world. <laughs> they're they're fun in a way I feel like, but of course there's always some negative aspects mm-hmm. to it. The government, something about the social politics. It's it's almost like an exaggerated version of reality. Yeah, yeah
2: and and we were actually and reality is
1: already so terrible, you yeah.
2: know. Yeah, and we were talking the other day about China right now, for example. <laughs> uh which is uh in, in imposing a system of surveillance on the citizens mm-hmm. using a rating system mm-hmm. uh oh and really this, wow yeah this is in the big cities and digital is already, you know installed mm-hmm. functioning with cameras everywhere even in the supermarkets in the metro so that if Goodness. you throw something in the floor or if you buy too much alcohol at the grocery store that will lower your score and if you help someone in the street or if you do some volunteering or anything that will increase your score and that will have an impact on your credit score on whether if you can take a flight or not in Mm -hmm. a reserve position Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's already happening so what is dystopian? It's also, you know, we're, a trending, we're already
1: you know. living in yeah. dystopia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: You're, I, mean, I don't, I don't want to say you're right, but you're making a very compelling, <laughs> convincing <laughs> case. Um, and so, yeah, so this is um, uh, both of y'all's first year at, at Nifty. Um, and so, um, h- how um, how's your festival experience going so far?
1: It's been great, mm-hmm. yeah. It's been very welcoming and inspiring. I'm awesome. really humbled to be here, actually. There's so many talented young filmmakers, and I, I just love what Nifty's, like, offering sure. us. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, and so, yeah, so what... Um, you had your film screen mm-hmm. uh, last night in Happy Hour Shorts, and so how did, like, how did the screening go? Did you... What expectations did you have, and, you know... It's always
1: really nerve-wracking watching my own things. I sit in the... Far back, Mm -hmm. far corner, and I kind of just, I watch people, I don't really watch my film Mm because I've seen it already so many times, so I kind of just went in there and I kind of just studied everyone, and it sounds creepy, but I like seeing people's reactions, um, yeah, I I knew I would get like mixed reactions at the ending mm-hmm. but I think it was really rewarding and really humbling to have a lot of people come up to me afterwards and tell me what they thought and how they felt. Yeah. Um, so it was it was a great experience.
2: That's awesome. What about you, Samuel? Yeah, I mean I, I completely agree. I think it's it's a great festival so many talented uh, people. I, I think it's 250 films something or something like that. Like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so uh, in- interesting, you know, both Ivy and I and, and, and Yusuf too. We come from uh, UCLA uh which is supposed to you know, be which is a very prestigious film school. And you know we do come here to meet a lot of kids all over the country, some of them looking for film schools, some of them that they've been in other ones. Uh, and there is such an admiration uh, for everyone's works mm-hmm. in general. And, and, and that goes beyond the etiquette of the school that goes beyond. Uh, where do you come from, or what is your academic trajectory, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really love the opportunity of meeting so many talented uh, young people from not only all over the US, but also all over the world. We yeah. met people from Netherlands, Denmark, mm-hmm. Irish, uh, Canada and it goes on and on mm-hmm. uh, and yeah the reactions yesterday they were very positive I was super the, it's very funny because the credits are so long there's <laughs> three minutes in credit that I was like oh my god we have three minutes in credit that we got two rounds of applause one before the credits and one after the credits so We thought well that worked out uh, and it was it was truly rewarding to see the the film again on a big mm-hmm. screen yeah. because the first time that we. credit that we showed it at the showcase, it still was a little bit of a work in progress. Not sure. all of the so final the effects were complete. Exactly. Okay. And that was just beautiful to see some of those effects, not on the laptop screen, but yeah. in a yeah. big, beautiful, <laughs> amazing theater <laughs> with four hundred people. I think we were. I don't know. That mm, was very, very yeah, exciting. It's a crazy. Yeah. Crazy experience. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, and so um, for uh be it for for either of you or for the film itself Cupid's Paradise what's um like what's coming next do you have a plan are you doing more with the film um and then what are you working on right now that people can look out for
1: yeah uh, the film is definitely still touring the festival circuit yeah. and the plan is to uh, do a release online afterwards mm-hmm. Uh, for me, right now, I'm working at a production house and we do like commercials, uh, music videos. The company's called Frame 48. And um, yeah, up next, I would like to write a feature. Oh, I want to cool. travel and hopefully, you know, create my first feature film.
2: That's <laughs>
0: exciting, yeah.
1: Right?
2: yeah. I'm sure that i first uh, theater is going to be very ambitious. Again, <laughs> <laughs> I will always remember when I read that script the first time. Uh, that she saw it to me, being a senior uh, undergrad, looking at thousands of uh, people are walking under the, the prison, but I'm like, okay, how are we going to do out. this? We, we can, like, and I, that's why I admire working with her, because she always pushes the line, um, you know, things forward, and it, it, that kind of, you know, thinking is what made uh, Aww, the film, effect. You, <laughs> I mean, I truly I, I really believe it.
1: It's only I, because we had such a wonderful producer that those ambitious ideas actually happened.
2: <laughs> well, no, but I, I, it's obviously, I mean, a film like that, it's obviously a collaboration effort, but it, yeah. there is always, you know, someone mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. sparked that idea in the first place. Um, and, I think it will be great to bring the film to more festivals. We're actually going to San Francisco uh, next month Mm -hmm. with the San Francisco Concept Film Festival. Uh, And yesterday we had a few programmers and people that approached us as well. So, uh, fingers crossed with that. As for myself, I'm (laughs) currently uh, freelance and, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm super happy that I do have this project that I'm very passionate about, that I can, you know, uh, put myself into, but uh, if, if anyone wants to hire me for a job, probably by the time that this podcast is uh, aired, I'm still looking for one. Uh, but but I'm super blessed and happy and thankful, and I understand that at age 23, I still have a lot to learn, a lot to, you know,
0: deal with, and I'm, I'm fine with that. That feeling yeah. continues on, yeah. even after age 23. Well. Um <laughs> So um, you mentioned um, just real quick. You mentioned uh, how you felt like like this this felt like an ambitious project. So what was um, one of the one of the biggest challenges with it? Then I guess is my question.
1: the biggest challenge. Was finishing it. <laughs> yeah, with like hundreds of special effects. Um, mm-hmm. You know, all of our bases had to be covered somehow. And even like two months ago, it still wasn't a screenable cut, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Um, we were really pushing it. And in the end, I did do a lot of the effects myself. And I guess that was kind of a wake up call for me. Like, don't do a heavy CGI film. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, without but it, the proper resources and people, it is very hard. Um, but in the end, I learned so much from the process, and, mm-hmm. and I'm happy that I tackled this beast.
2: <laughs> yeah, No, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I'm personally yeah. amazed at how much uh, you have learned. In the, I mean, if, if people knew how many hours... <laughs> Ivy was closed in the editing room at the school. Right? There was this, I think it was editing room number nine? Yeah, was number something nine. like that. Yeah. They could just put Ivy Leao's editing room number the <laughs> door, because she was just living, was there, living basically, there, basically, for a couple months, yes. uh, doing her best to finish yeah. the film. And, you know, effort pays off, because I think mm-hmm. you can definitely see mm-hmm. that Every single person is wearing a neck divide that needs (laughs) extra light, the rating above their heads, and it just goes on and on and on and on. Um, And what I love about Ivy is that even when I will suggest, look Ivy, we can make it this way and it will be easier, she will be like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to do it the easy way. I want to complicate my life. and do it uh, you know as, and then as afterwards as i
1: would cry by myself and yeah. be like why didn't i listen to him
2: <laughs> no but it, it but it, it does it does pay <laughs> off. for me the biggest challenge was the location i mean mm-hmm. i think the location that we found at mm-hmm. the school if, if people could see what that, that it's actually a molecular science lab building oh, okay that mm-hmm. is all gray and you know like it, it doesn't look any pinkish or coloral yeah, but yeah. just to transform that place to bit Paradise. Yeah. And and for free because it was on campus up here we were looking at very expensive locations and we were worried about that. That was so cool. That
0: was mm-hmm. nice. Yeah,
1: we yeah, we're really grateful yeah. to UCLA
0: and yeah. That, yeah. that was true. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um well um here the last at the right here at the end, um where can people find more of your work and just follow you and stay up to date with what you're doing after this.
1: Yeah, um, my personal website is ivyliao.com, and then I'm on Facebook and Instagram. On Instagram, I'm I underscore J-I-I-A, um, and then Facebook, I'm
2: ivyliao. Yeah. And then the, the actual film has a Facebook page and an Instagram page as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the handle for the Instagram page is Scoop it's Paradise Film and then you can find the page as well on
0: Facebook using the same keywords. Great, awesome. Well, thank you both for um, taking time out of the festival to sit down and chat, it was great to talk to you.
1: Yeah, Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much,
0: Robert. You bet, and thank you for listening. For more information on Nifty 2018 presented by Oculus, the talented youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram at Nifty Film. And for more podcasts from Party Fish Media, follow us on social media at Party Fish Media.
1: Fish Media.